Shut up and sit down. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Third Shift, episode 259. I, of course, am your host, your funky leader, the greatest man who's ever lived. It's me, it's Matt, and a pup for the show! A pup for the show again, Eric! Yes! I'm excited. We're gonna do it. I already said his name. He's right here with me. It's Eric. He's here. He's the light bearer, light bringer, the light bearer, bringer, the Beastmaster, Third Shift. And he's gonna tell us how his glorious week was. Eric, <laughs> how was your glorious week? You know my week. Freaking busy, 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 busy. So... We had a family in. It was uh, my daughter's birthday. So they came up from Ohio, stayed at the house. So we had not just one family, but two up in here. So this was like a three-family home for a few days. Woo! That's a lot of people and a lot of things. It's too much. It's too many families. <laughs> it's it, it wasn't actually that bad. I, I pictured it was going to be terrible, and it was chaotic and busy, but it wasn't, you know, like I didn't lose my mind and, you know, <laughs> hide in the basement. Well, I can't because the basement was in somebody's room, so hide in the Harry Potter room. Oh, wait, that was somebody's room. Or maybe my daughter's room. Oh, wait, that was somebody's room. Just jump in the truck and drive away. Yeah, exactly. I'm going into town! <laughs> <laughs> I did make a couple store runs to escape for a little bit. You know, the, hey, I man, oh, gosh, golly, I need some eggs. Oh, I'll be back. <laughs> Yeah, you know, did that, just got out of there for a minute or two, you know, no big deal. Elaine, she had a great time, fun time. All the folks were there, you know, lots of cool presents. She had her cupcakes and the happy birthdays, you know, the rigmarole on that. And what else did we do? You know, we went to the, oh, we went to the local orchard, checked out the blueberries, looking at peaches again, even though we didn't need any. Went and got some, ooh, them cider slushies, man. Let me tell you, guys. They are so stupid good. It's so ridiculous how delicious they are. So this is up at Uncle John's, right? No, we went to um, uh, we went to the other one right by our house, uh, the old oh, okay. orchard, okay. old country mill, whatever they call it. So I was gonna say I'm gonna be up at Uncle John's in like a month ish. So if it was up there, I was gonna get them. But oh, they do have them. Uh, okay, we drove good. up through there a few weeks ago and, and got a, a cider slushy. So you're golden, Matt. You're gonna be sipping on one coming up real soon. Don't you worry. Hell yeah. Yes. So we did all that and had a good time, and while we were doing that and having a good old time, I did manage to play some video games. I got in some Scarlet Nexus. I played a whole nother, you know, area of that. Like I've told you guys and gals before, it does like story chunk, dungeon chunk, story chunk, dungeon chunk. It just, that's just what it does. It's over and over and over again. So I did a whole nother dungeon chunk, and I'm to the point now where nothing can stop me. You know, I'm just cruising through everything. No big deal. The only thing I have to do is make sure I keep my potions up. So that way, you know, I don't, I don't have an issue with somebody dying. That's it. That's all I got to do. And then with that happening, I also played another wonderful game. I played Persona 5 Strikers, man. I did it. And I'm playing it, man. I'm actually in it now. Like, I'm going through the story. I'm doing quests. It's 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 getting there now. I'm feeling the vibe. I'm feeling the groove. I'm in it. Okay. I'm laughing with Ryuji. I'm having a good time, you know. Morgana's the same crazy-ass cat that, you know, Morgana always has been. I'm just like, yeah, here we are. All right. The new character, the detective, he's really, really cool. And, you know, you can't tell. They're doing a really good job of, like, is he going to turn out to be bad or not? Like, I honestly cannot tell you. I don't know. Like, and one minute I go, he's going to have to be. This eh, just has to. But the next minute I'm like, no, it really doesn't. He, 
they they could set this up a whole different way. And of course, the the mystery's starting to unravel. You're starting to get little hints of things happening, and and there's you know baddies behind the scenes doing stuff and this and that. I'm there. I think I'm there. And it's funny, Matt, because it's just as I'm getting there, just as I'm getting to that point where I'm like, it's time. I can do this. Persona. Yeah, we're back in it, baby. Man, guess what comes out? Like in two days, Ghost of Tsushima, the director's cut. Uh-huh. And I know that's dragging me in. I know 100% when that mm-hmm. sucker hits, whoop. And then a week after that, Tales of Arise. And I'm like, so I've got, what, three? I've got maybe three, four days. And I got to beat Persona. And I got to just get in there and I got to smoke it, man. I got to take it out. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying, but that's not possible. There's no way that's going to actually happen. Damn it, man. I'm rooting for you. I hope it I hope it does work. But just like you, I've got a bunch of stuff on the side burner or like the back burners. So I'm like, I need to get back to those. And just the, the freight train is coming. It's uh-huh. coming down the tracks. They used to say in the old commercial, the train's moving faster than you actually think it is. Well, I'm standing on the tracks going, I might still have some time. No, I don't. It's coming. It's right, right around the it. corner. It's right there. Uh-huh. It's, it's coming. Oh, yeah, yeah. Speaking of Tales of Rise, the demo just hit as we're recording this episode. So I got to go download the demo as soon as we're I done guess talking. I know what I'm doing tonight. Yeah. Jesus. I got to get it downloading so that way when I go to the open house conferences and get back and have my 40 minutes before bedtime, that's what I'll be playing. Yep. Some Tales of Rise demo. It's going to be great. And, of course, to wrap up the week, last but not least, I've uh, been playing Borderlands 3, actually. You know, those that card with all the cool skins and everything, mm-hmm. like I said, I really want those. Those are really cool, really jamming. So I've been getting on and doing the dailies pretty much every day, at least the ones that are reasonable. There's been a couple that, like, get uh, 10 Oversphere's or whatever, and I'm like, I don't know where there's a good spot to farm Oversphere's. I found a spot where there's, like, one and sometimes two, and uh, I was like, no, I'm not going to come rinse and repeat this area, like, 10 times or whatever, so... I took off. Didn't do that one, but for the most part, whenever it's like kill this enemy, kill that, or kill 10 Varkid, I've done them. And I've already max leveled. I'm at 73. And I've gotten like to the third, third round of the card or whatever. So starting to unlock them keys, getting things going, about to pick up some skins. It feels good, you know? It's nice to be back in there and have like a something that's easy and f- manageable. You know what I mean? To do. That's not just, hey, just play Borderlands. And it's like, no, 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 kill. Here's your little dailies. Go do those. It's, this is the reward. It's there. You're going to get it as long as you do the thing. It's fun. And I'm, I'm finding myself, it's it's just nice to log in for 15 minutes or so every day, use uh, random guns, have a good time with it, and then hop back off and play whatever the hell floats my boat. So yeah, that's been my week, man. What about you? It has been your week, but it hasn't been your week because you what? didn't talk about I do? how we got into Back for Blood and we played that oh, awesome, no. fantastic, fun versus mode. No. Oh, baby. Both of our matches were wonderful and delicious and delightful. Wasn't it great, Eric? No, wasn't it great? I wasn't even going to mention it. Hence why I did it, Matt, because it was very much <laughs> not great. It was disgusting. No fun. Broken as all get out. I will say most of the no fun broke. I mean, it was like literally broken. We loaded it up into one match. We were all on a team. There was no enemy team. And then we loaded up into another match, and it was the two of us versus a whole enemy team. And it was it was just shambles and shambles. But I got to say, even that taste of it, I don't like the way this versus mode is going. I hope they expand it to what it used to be, where you know you are the team running through the actual stages, doing the objectives, doing the things, and the other team, the enemy team, pops up as the special infected to try and stop you. Because that's what I thought it would be. And instead, you're just in an area, and you barricade it a little bit, but there's not 
time to go back and rebarricade it, and then a circle closes, and then that's it. You just last as long as you possibly can. And I could see it being fun, like if I got really, really good at it and knew it exactly what I was doing. But it's not. It won't be different. It'll be you're on these maps, and that's what you do. And once you know you just barricade the barn, then everyone's just going to barricade the barn, and that's going to be it. Versus before, when it could be any piece of the story mode, just. I love that back in the day, so I'm sad that we had such a bad experience, and I'm sad of just the way that it turned out, I guess. I don't like it in this form. I want my old baby back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm hoping they take a look at that and add that in, and or maybe it is there, and that's just not what they were showcasing this time around. I don't know all, I know, I'm not paying that close attention to the PvP modes, so I don't know what all they intend to have. Right. But I agree with you. I, 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 don't, I wasn't a big fan of this one. I didn't like how the circle got so tight and so small mm-hmm. to the point where you just shot until you died. I'm like, I understand you don't want the match to go on forever, but this isn't fun just standing here and shooting maniacally. And it didn't even close around like an area. If it closed around one building, you could be like, oh, man, we should barricade this mm-hmm. building. But in ours, it closed around a bush. Yep. And we just sat there and just got eaten. Yeah, it, it was weird. I don't know. I, I hope we get something better out of that because... Yeah. The PvE was great and fun, but so far, mm-mm, no bueno. But speaking of something better, one of the other games I played this week, Great Ace Attorney Chronicles. Oh, it's so good, but I'm hitting, I'm hitting, oh, I'm hitting those spots where it's going through the case and you're doing the thing and it's lawyer time and here we go. And then one witness says, hey, here's one little thing. And as soon as you see it, you know that's going to come back in 30 minutes because that's actually the tie to the rest of the case because I, I, I know I get it. But then your characters go round and round and round and round and round in circles. And oh, no, the case is done for. I can't believe it. Hey, what if we think about it from another angle? And the whole time you're holding your Joy-Cons in your hand and you're leaning back in the couch trying to have a relaxing time and just shaking. Going, I get it. Yes, I get it. Stop. Just stop it. Stop it. The last two cases have had really big ones like that. And I'm just like, man, I love this game. I love the characters. I love the story. Like I say every time that I talk about this, even the round and round in circles, the music's great, the action's great, the animation is good, so the storytelling is so good. But I just, it just really irks me when they have to go, hey, hey, look, could, could, could it be this? Could this be the secret? Yes, it could. I know. Just let, just let me say it. Let me fast forward a little bit. Let me watch it at double speed or something. Because uh-huh. I know I get it. I get it. So it's still great and it's still fun. But just man, it sucks being so good at video games and mysteries. You know, it just isn't isn't it just terrible? I mean, you're great at video games too. Doesn't that suck? Yeah, it's, it's awful. just an awful thing, man. It's so bad and it makes me so angry all the time. Nice. <laughs> but then outside of the video game world, I got two fun things to talk about because it was. An extended slash not extended week. I went and saw Jungle Cruise two weeks ago, like on Wednesday. Before I don't remember how or when I saw it, but I know I didn't talk about it on the podcast last week. So I'm talking about it this week. I've heard people say, oh, man, it's not that good. Oh, man, blah, blah, blah. But it's a cute movie. It's a Disney movie. You see The Rock. You see Emily Blunt. They're great characters. They have a little bit of chemistry going. And it's just fun. You know, sometimes you don't want to see something dark, something miserable, something sad. You just want to see a movie where when something bad happens to the bad guy, it cuts to the two main characters and they go, yeah, we did it. I got that in this movie. Early on, they go, woohoo, we did it. And they like high five. And I'm like, yeah, all right. This is a fun movie. I'm happy and nothing bad's going to happen. And it was a good movie. You know, I had fun with it. But then you want to talk about clean, good, fun, happy time. 
Watch the Suicide Squad, where people get blown up and people are shot in the face. And it's, oh, man, it's blood and guts and gore and swearing and all this other stuff. But that movie was fantastic. I've seen a couple James Gunn earlier movies, like Super. I saw that. And it wasn't, it was funny, but it wasn't a fun movie. It was like dark and kind of sad. And it's kind of, man, look at that, all this broken stuff. So there was some of that in this movie, but then by the end, there was heart, there were great moments, there were fantastic things in that movie. It was funny, it was gory, it was cynical, but it also had a lot of heart by the end, and I went, man, you made a superhero movie within this dark, kind of twisted sort of movie too. There's so many good moments. I loved it. I tweeted out about it. I can't wait for Hot Toys to make a Starro statue for like $300 and put it right on that mantelpiece. He's that big, doofy starfish dude. Oh, yeah. I loved it. Every second he was on screen, I went, hell yeah, look at that dude. Look at that guy. That was me with Weasel, man. I mean, Weasel was just what I wanted him to be. Yeah. (laughs) When he was just up in there, just (sighs) up in the chopper in the beginning, Uh I was like, yep, I want Weasel with me the whole way through. I just need Weasel there. Cannot wait. This is going to be great. And it was fantastic. Oh, man. Even like the team around Waller, like in her headquarters. Mm-hmm. I loved every one of those dudes. That It was awesome. They actually had a character of like the squad behind the squad and like what they're doing and how they feel about stuff. What a great movie. What a fantastic movie. If you don't like this movie, get out of here. Yeah. I, I won't spoil anything, but I'll just say Peacemaker and Bloodsport in a village. <laughs> yeah. What a good time. <laughs> Uh, I want to just talk about that all this episode, but we're not going to do that because Eric's got a cool release that he's going to talk about. What you got, Eric? I do. And you know what? I wasn't actually going to do this release. I was going to do it, but I didn't want to hear about it and I didn't want to yeah. research it. And I won't I won't, uh, I won't, spoil nothing or say nothing. You know, This is going to be a fairly general one. But I, I wanted to do this one when I saw it because I went, oh, yeah, it's another game Matt really said he wanted to play. Mm-hmm. This will be fun to go, hey, Matt, guess what's out? Guess what you need to be doing? Yeah. Another game you're supposed to be playing. And that game is 12 minutes, all right? Comes out technically tomorrow, but of course the podcast, we're doing it a little bit early. We didn't actually tell you all about it this time because it's pretty close. It's good enough. August 19th, Xbox One, Series X, all that good stuff, PC. It's only over there. You ain't getting it on the PlayStation this time around, folks. Sorry about your luck. It ain't happening. 12 Minutes, of course, is a time loop game that was showcased a long, long time ago. It's an indie game developed by Luis Antonio. That's the developer. It's the man who made the game. That's that's how indie this is. It's it's tiny. But, of course, it got picked up, got some money thrown at it, and uh, he was able to go ahead and just really, really snazz it up. So the game that showcased a long time ago was primitive. I mean, you're talking pixels to small-time graphics. Now... It looks really, really cool. It looks a lot like a Sims game. It's over the top. Here's the whole thing. 12-minute loop is what you're going for. You're the husband. You come in. You start coming in the door. Your wife's there. Day goes on. Something bad happens. You have to try to figure out how to make this not happen or just figure out why it's happening. The whole gamut. you got 12-minute loop to do this. You can interact with pretty much everything inside the house, around the house, change things around, use things on stuff, do all this, try to convince your wife to do different things or just have fun, do whatever you want. The baddie and or individual that comes in, you can interact with them in a million different ways. All of it is to try to get out of this time loop that you're stuck in. And of course, you you think that to do that, you need to figure out why it's happening, who's to blame, what's going on, the whole thing. You got to unravel it all. 
It's super cool. It's got William Defoe as the police officer. It's got Daisy Ridley as the wife. Uh, something McAvoy as the husband. William, you know, I don't know names. I'm, I'm, I'm barely got this one, man. I barely got the two that I've remembered by. <laughs> and, and then there's another great actor in this too. It's it's crazy. The you know it's just wild to see the star power. And I recently saw like an interview uh, with uh, Lewis. And he was talking about how the voice actors, they came together. Instead of just voicing it in, they they went to town. They were really getting in there, throwing things back and forth, trying all sorts of things, giving recommendations. The whole And, and of course, I expect this from William Defoe, so I, you know, I, I can see that happening. But all of them were just in it. And all I know and what I hear is that that voice acting and the way they interact is superb, top-notch, fantastic. So that's pretty much it. I don't want to spoil nothing that I did see. In a nutshell, time loop, get out of it, bad things, figure it out, use your brain, have a great time, top-down looks. You are stuck inside that room, that little house. You're stuck in there, so you are confined. But That makes it easier because it doesn't give you too many options. You know what I mean? Good stuff. I'm actually interested in it now, Matt, and I didn't want to be. Because I've already got too much to do, but after seeing it and watching a few reviews and and then, like I said, listening to that interview about it, I was like, "Damn, this looks pretty damn good." You want to talk about looking pretty damn good? And something I have to play. This one wasn't even on my radar because the original game in this series has never really been on my radar. The game I'm going to talk about is Axiom Verge Two, and Axiom Verge One. Anytime I see it, people always put it on the list of best Metroidvanias. Anywhere, anywhere you can get it, got to play it, got to do it. Every time I look at it, I go, "Hmm." Something about the the art style, it's just not for me. It's like Metroid meets like the last stage of Contra. There's all like goopy things and aliens bopping around, and I always get like body horror vibes from it. So I went, ah, I don't think I'll ever play that. And then I saw Axiom Verge 2 is out, and I went, oh, that's going to be more of the same. Just goopy, gloppy. It's going to look even more goopy and gloppy. And no, it's all clean and nice. The pixel art is absolutely beautiful in this game. Just watching the gameplay, like I always say, go watch some gameplay of it and watch like the parallax scrolling of the background and the foreground and the and the midground and the way it all moves together. The beautiful pixel art on all the enemies. If you know the story of the original game, this has some tie-ins to it. I know nothing about it, but you play as this billionaire scientist. You come down to this planet. It's overrun with robots. You got to figure out what's going on. I don't know much more than that. But just watching the gameplay, it's a beautiful Metroidvania, all kinds of crazy powers you can get. And what what oh, what makes me want to play it even more than just, it looks awesome. It looks like it plays like a lot of fun. Big, giant, crazy bosses to fight, all kinds of cool powers and skills to upgrade, and all the good stuff that I love in games. Is There's also like a dimension or world swapping mechanic because you can find little areas of the breach to send a little robot through and then it goes into this other world that kind of runs parallel to yours and not only is the graphical style sort of different it kind of looks more like a game boy advance game things are a little chunkier and flunkier but then you can go do all kinds of stuff in that dimension in the breach they call it that will affect the stuff that goes on in the real world and then eventually and this is in every review so i guess it's not a spoiler you can normally activate the breach at fixed points but at certain points you can kind of call the breach to you i saw a couple specific short little gameplay snippets where the breach was in the center of the room but there were walls and all these traps and things all around but when you guide the little drone that goes through the breach off to this tiny, tiny corner over here, you can call it to you. So now you can open it as the person in this other area to navigate through all the 
walls and traps and do all the things. Every review I watched of this game to get more details on it made me want to play it even more. I got no time for this, and it is only like eight hours long. So it's not a lot of time, but if you got time to play Axiom Verge 2, you're going to want to do it. This dropped on the 11th, so it dropped last week. Developed and published by Thomas Happ Games, and it's on PlayStation, Switch, and PC. No Xbox for you. So the previous one, if you got the Xbox, that's what you play. This you can't play there. I'm sorry. Tough luck for me. It's not on Games Pass because it's not on. It's not on my Xbox. But the game looks amazing. The soundtrack is freaking phenomenal. I heard little snippets of it through those reviews, and I just immediately start bobbing your head to them chip tunes and synth soundtracks i'm just like oh it looks so good it looks like it plays so good dimension hopping and moving things oh man uh-huh. and if any of that's up your alley you gotta play axiom verge too or at least check it out go watch some gameplay and have a great time with it god bless i'm all about that game too but it's gonna disappear on me and also speaking of disappearing don't be letting them shift keys okay disappear for you I'm telling you, Randy's been on just a flag, flicking, he's been all over the place. Hey, you want some keys? Whoop, 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 whoop. Yeah, it's been nuts. And I think he's doing it because of something that's going to come up that we're going to talk about right up next. But we got shift codes this week for Golden Keys and Borderlands 2, as per usual, as per the rotation. And then you said it. He's been dropping shift codes for Golden Keys and Borderlands 3, so hit up the Twitter, the Red, the forums, the Instagram. Hit up your preferred shift code provider and get yourself some free loot and fantastic games. One of which has its two-year anniversary coming up. It's almost been two years since Borderlands 3 was released, and they're celebrating with some mini-events. From this month, August 12th through September 9th, they got the Loot the Universe event back, Aww. so different planets each week will have better chance to drop legendary loot. This week it is slash was Pandora, next would be Promethea, then Eden 6, then Necrotofeo. They said even more events are coming up, and they have something special for the anniversary Set for September 13th, but they won't tell us what it is. What is it, Eric? Speculation, go. Oh, man. Oh, gosh. What, this is going to drop a new game. That's what they're going to do. They're going to give. A, they're going to announce Wonderland's release date. You know what I mean? Something I like, like it. that. I like it. You know, keep it in the Borderlands world. It's got to be something along those lines, right? Are, are we just overhyping this? Is that what we're going to do? Overhype it, and then when it comes, we'll be sad. <laughs> well, see here. I, I'll, I'll say, you can see Wonderland's release date. That's not that bad. Mm-hmm. But how are you going to tie that into Borderlands 3? Oh, here's how you do it. Because you have a, a little trailer that has a new character, or you get like the silhouettes of the characters or something. And it says, hey, Wonderland's on 2025. But then you go, hmm. But to slake your appetite right now, if you want to see what these characters look like at all, we got new heads and skins you can earn in Borderlands 3. If you want to unlock the next level of the vault card, get the get the bottom row stuff, now you can get a peek at what the wizard's going to look like. What's the what's the mage class going to look like? This, this, that. Uh-huh. There you go. That's how you do it. And that is how you do it. I mean, that's precisely how you do it. You got a card going with all the cool unlocks for that freaking upcoming Tina's Wonderland. And on top of it, you give the release date. Everyone's going to get hyped. Everyone's going to get ready. You're going to go freaking buy your pre-order. It's going to be great. Gearbox is going to be happy. We're all going to be happy. And hey, that means I get to keep playing Borderlands and doing my card every day so I can get the skins for the next card, which is a win-win for everybody. Absolutely, because what else can they do? I mean, I know there's going to be something else they can do, but they've already released, you know, you can play any of the holiday events at any time. All the DLCs are out. You can play those at any time. What more could they, like, inject into the game to celebrate the second year other than, hey, look, here's bonuses for the stuff upcoming. Tease, 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 poke, poke, poke. 
Randy could do a magic trick. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're right, he could. <laughs> that's that's what I need in my life. That's what I want it to be right there. I've decided. No, even better. As they say, hey, if you play for 10,000 hours from this date to this date, you will unlock the secret image of all the Wonderlands characters, and you'll get the first-hand look. And then what you unlock is Randy doing the magic trick. Yes, perfect. That's how we do it. That's what's happening. Ultimate troll move. We figured it out. There you go. That's what the 913 event's going to be all about. I can't wait. I just got way more excited than I was before, and I was already pretty happy about it. Yes. But speaking of being happy and excited, Eric, we got a topic about things that we'd be extremely happy and excited for if they came back. Because two weeks ago in the show notes, you went, man, how about a topic today of what games would you love to see remastered? Obviously, pulling stuff back from the past and shining it up and remaking it and making it new is the hottest thing. But man, have they even touched any of our favorite games? Probably not. Maybe. I don't know. You know? What's something you would like to see remastered? So I decided to take this one a little bit sideways, Matt. Because, you know, obviously everyone's going to come out with the same ones. You know what I mean? The Chrono Trigger. Re, you know, redo that one completely. Chrono, you know, da, 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 da. Okay? You were so it. stuck on it, you almost said it twice. I almost did. I almost did. Well, no, no. <laughs> I was going to say the one I'm going to say for the safe one. Okay. For the one that I, you know, like most people would say. I'm going to start, though, with the sideways one. And that's a game that came out on Sega, made by Sega, for the Sega Genesis a long time ago. Chakan. I don't know if anybody remembers this game. I played the shit out of this game. You know, I was a poor kid living in a poor neighborhood. When I got a game, it's this typical old story. That was the game. That's what I got to play for five, six months until I could afford with um, lunch money and lawnmower money to go get another one. Now, this title, like I said, developed by Sega themselves, took a character. His name's Shakan. He traveled the lands. He had two katanas he carried, dual-wielded. He thought he was the best you could be. Nobody could ever touch him. So he challenged death, Matt. He challenged death himself to a competition and said, Hey, if I beat you in combat, you will make me immortal. If you win something or rather, who gives a crap? Because guess what, Matt? Shakan won, but death don't play around. We should know this. If you've played any video game in your life, you know death's always got a trick up his sleeve. So he gave Chakan immortality, as as he said he would. However, he said, and you'll never be free to not walk the plains, the elemental plains, until all evil, all monsters are purged. So Chakan walks the elemental plains, forever tormented, never able to die, never able to vanquish all of his foes. And that's where you come in, player. That's where you come in. And you get to take over Chakan, who gets to go on this beautiful, wonderful, cool world, going through the different elemental planes, fire, earth, all that good stuff. And you get to pick which ones you want to do, like Mega Man style. And each plane you go to, you go in. In the level itself, you'll get an ability, something that's going to help you traverse the level, which will also help you traverse other levels and find, you know, secret shortcuts, that kind of thing. And then the boss gives you an extra ability, spell, something like that. Much like, you know, think Mega Man. It's, yes, it stole a little bit from Mega Man, but I, I enjoyed it. It was hard as nails, though. Like, this was like a Souls-like type game, hard, Merc- merciless. When you died, all the way back. You know, you're starting all over because not only if you died, you start over, but you had a timer up on the top 
that was counting down. If you could not beat it within that time limit, whoop, out of that realm you went and you had to start over. Brutal, no freaking, no, no mercy whatsoever. I enjoyed it. I also raged at it. I broke controllers over it, Matt. The bosses, though, were really large and fun and cool. You know, had their own little character. They would taunt you throughout the level. And, of course, it was just your old, as all games were at this time, your side-scrolling platformer jumping around. Like I said, using the abilities like a grappling hook to get where you needed to go. Uh, Using different spells. Fire would get you through the cobwebs and the spider, you know, the spider realm area. Anywho's, when you thought you got through all the realms, Matt, you had to go through a whole different set of realms. And it, it just it crushed your spirit, crushed your soul. And I thought, everyone loves these Souls-like games. Why not bring Shikan back? But, because Eric would like to play it, and I ain't playing no stupid Souls-like game, <laughs> make it Souls-like light. You know, like um, Jedi uh, Fallen, whatever that game was. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I sure do, Eric. Fallen Order? Yeah, it was Fallen Order, something like that. I enjoyed that game. And it was difficult, but it wasn't crazy difficult but it was tough you actually had to sit there and parry block you know do that kind of stuff but it, it was manageable i want Chakan to come back out and be made in the same sense as a souls like slash fallen order type game and just give them all that flair give them all that character that dark attitude them colorful vibrant weird you know alien landscape elemental worlds today's graphics today's music you know that chip bit music back then was bumping i enjoyed the hell out of it i love the dark story i think it would be a great game to bring back and like i said it's made by sega so they still own it they still have it and sega still exists so that's a good possibility and it's a it'd be a fresh title for most because who the hell's alive that plays video games that played chicane on the sega genesis that long ago almost nobody Maybe 10 people are going to know what I'm talking about. Now, you want to talk about games nobody's actually really played that have bumping music that are super awesome. I'm going to go with my safe pick on this one because everyone's heard of this game, but no, almost nobody's really played it. Or if they do, they've just watched gameplay of it or they burned a pirated copy and did that thing. And It's a Sega game as well. Dropping on the Sega CD for the first time in America over here. I'm talking about Snatcher. One of my favorite dudes, Hideo Kojima, made a beautiful cyberpunk kind of point-and-click adventure style game because it was all first person. You you know choose talk to this person, talk about this, look at that, pick up this. I don't need to say much more because anybody who knows Snatcher knows how awesome it is. Just like I said, I've never played it, but watching it. And just hearing that music bumping in the background, seeing that those early bits of Kojima, and then just the world that's built. Obviously, it's it's a total take on Blade Runner because you have what are they called Reploids or whatever who are killing people, taking their place for some mysterious purpose. You're finding out what's going on, killing the Reploids, doing your thing. You could take this in two different directions. You could either go fully polygonal with it. You're going around talking to people, you know, Witcher-style conversations, interrogating people, finding out this and that, going through apartments, searching L.A. Noir-style, picking stuff up. Or you could still go point-and-click adventure game style, either in that polygonal style or just take it back to that old style. Put it on the Switch where you just, boom, this is Snatcher Remastered, where the music's bumping, the translation is up, all the graphics are super cleaned up. I think it would probably work even better on the Switch because in Snatcher, you're using the controller, pointing and clicking and selecting stuff, but then there'd be action scenes where the replicants are coming at you. And in the actual real world, if you had your light gun hooked up to your Sega CD, you'd have it sitting on the floor and it'd be like, hey, you need to get your gun out, here they come. 
So you would like literally scramble for your actual gun like the character in the game would and pop, 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 light gun shooting style. If you do that on the Switch, you can either have, you know, button taps so you can do some kind of Joy-Con action for when you, oh, disconnect, boom, 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 do the thing. Anybody who knows anything about Snatcher knows how awesome just the original game is. I watch a playthrough of it at least once a year. There's nothing else like it. And hearing that music, that old school it's not even chiptune, but it's like early synthesized type, you know, Sega CD style music. Whenever I hear it, I get the chills up my spine and I go, damn, I wish I had played this back in the day. I wish I could have played this back in the day. If somehow they were able to bring it back, I feel like this is a wild shot in the dark because Kojima's out here, Sega's over here, Konami, all the rigmarole there. But if somebody found a way to do it, to remaster it, bring it back, even just re-release it in a fancier package... That's guaranteed money. Any Hideo Kojima fan would absolutely play it. Any old school fan, you're definitely going to play it too. Oof. Get that Snatcher back, you know? Any Hideo Kojima game, I think, would sell well, period. Mm-hmm. So if you, you brought that one back, gave it the full revitalization, all that, yeah. I think I think money in the pocket mm-hmm. right there wouldn't even be a question. And, of course, a safe one for me, Chrono Cross. All right, I was going to say it earlier, mm-hmm. you know, because it is one It is one people would say it's not the main one, though. Everyone's going to say Chrono Trigger, but I say Chrono Cross. And I knew that's the one you were going to say, but I played it up like you were t- saying Chrono Trigger twice mm-hmm. earlier. I knew mm-hmm. what you were going for. <laughs> and I, I can't stress this enough. Chrono Cross didn't get enough recognition. Great game. Surge, Kid, the characters in here, Harley, all of them are freaking awesome. I mean, you just, you felt... You know, you felt for these characters, you felt for their predicaments, their plight, the crap that goes down and happens to them and did happen and, and the time loop and whatnot that they got find themselves in. It's brutal, it's sad, but they keep going. The characters you meet along the way, it's it's insane. There's so many characters in this game and you don't have you can't you know you can meet them all, but in a normal playthrough without, you know, guides, you're not going to see them all. You're not going to make the choices to go to the right things, to do the right stuff, to get every character. So games like this, I feel, just don't exist that much anymore. And it sucks because I remember playing, you know, I remember my buddy Shay playing. And, of course, it'd be like, oh, I went to this town and I found this hut that had this old man with the Masa Moon. And he said, if I did this, da-da-da-da, boom, all of a sudden I did some little weird side quest crap. I got him on my team. I go to Shay's house. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm rocking out this guy, you know, doing this. What are you talking about? I went on the boat, talked to this rock star. I ended up getting some freaking crazy chick and this rock star on my team. And I'm like, what? Wait, wait, wait a minute. Where's that boat? Where's that boat at? I need to go. That is so much fun. It's so cool that you could play a game. You get the same story. But along the way, you meet different characters. You enlist them in your team. You were able to screw up the conversations or not do the quest properly. And then you wouldn't get them. So the the choices and the challenges and then just the, the what-ifs and maybes of that game were fantastic. And like I said, some of the characters, some of the, like the lesser-known ones, yeah, they weren't super fleshed out. But all the mainline story characters, awesome story. Music, of course, it's, it's a chrono game, was just top tier. In fact, I have literally the soundtrack right there that I listen to all the time because I love it. It's freaking awesome. The graphics, even as they were, were beautiful, colorful, watercolor type things going on. Landscapes were crazy. The overworld looked gorgeous. I'm telling you right now, crazy good game. The only thing I didn't like about that game, and they could change this. This is where you could change this. The, 
the battle system was fine. It was neat. It was it was it was unique. The way you had those little color bubbles, and you could only have so many, and you had to pick and choose. It didn't work out for some bosses because it was left to chance, and I hate chance. I hate it when you gotta just go get lucky, and then the color rotation matches up with what you need to do your big ultimate moves and stuff. Fix that so it's not dependent upon like the bot enemies' colorations and only on your pickings. So you line up your colors, and then you get to do the moves. Something like that with updated, obviously. Updated graphics, but I still wanted to stay the watercolor look. You know that whole beautiful, just oh, it was it was Chef's kiss. Bring that back. Tighten up the uh, the characters a little bit, so that way you, I guess, have better options to get them because some of them are super silly, super you know minute. But just tighten that up a bit so there is a chance that you, will, if you pay attention, you'll see. Hey, this guy lives over in a hut. By himself in the white, you know, in the West Wing. If you go there, maybe he can help. And if you don't want to pay attention or don't want to do it or don't want to listen, yeah, you miss it. But as long as you're reading and paying attention, you do have a chance to get everybody, and and, and it kind of just seem, you know, seamlessly happens. That would be awesome. That would be sweet, and it might get people's interest in the Chrono games back up again. And you don't got to recreate a whole new story because, like I said, you're just taking Chrono Cross and redoing it. And maybe we'll get an actual successor to the Chrono series that was being made and then died away and has been gone for many years now. Now, you want to talk about underrated gems from the PlayStation 1 era. That's my risky pick because I don't think this would ever get remastered. But this is a game that's so near and dear to my heart. If it did, I would just play it all the time. I would lose my mind. This is all I would play. Front Mission 3. Mm -hmm. What a fantastic strategy RPG. If you don't know the Front Mission series, you're a pilot of these giant robots, giant Vonzers. And they're more like military robots than like, you know, Evangelion type of stuff when you think of giant robots. But big, heavy, booming, moving metal mechs. You're moving around the battlefield, battling other mechs. I don't even know how to go into it. It's so fantastic because in between each battle sequence, you know, you've got kind of a visual novel style presentation. You go here, your party goes over there, you're doing this thing, you're trying to uncover the big dirty secrets of these big corporations. But in between that, you can load up your Vonzers however you want. You can buy new parts, buy a new arm, buy a shield on this arm, buy a giant shotgun swap out the parts, move them back and forth, move the pilots from different wanzers to different wanzers because each pilot gets different skills that they can use with different weapons. And that part is one thing I would like them to tweak, just like you said, because that's kind of left to chance. When you learn abilities, when the abilities trigger, it's kind of up in the air. So if they remastered it, you're definitely knowing exactly how far you are along that progress bar toward that ability. Maybe you have a chance of critical hitting with that ability, but you're definitely choosing that ability from a menu. Or maybe the ultra shot with the shotgun, you can only do once a battle. But now you know you're in the thick of it. You're you're moving up on the big boss. You've got him. He's going to do his ultimate attack in one round, so now you have to use it. Procking stuff like that right at the moment you need it, would be phenomenal. I mean, I played through this game, I think, four separate times, because there are two different storylines where you get different characters. I played through each one of those twice for many, many, many hours back in the day, putting different people in different Vonzers, different Vonzers with different weapons, different loadouts of the weapons. You know, maybe this person just does long-range attacks. You put two shields in their hands and two missile packs on the back, and that's it. They can barely move because they're so overloaded with weight, but they are just wrecking shot from long range. But you can't let anybody get in because they can't even get away, but they do have two shields on their arms. But when the missiles run out, what good are they? All that kind of stuff I absolutely love. 
And just the story and the characters were just so charming back in the day. Fun characters to do all this crazy fun stuff with. I'll never get over how much fun it was to, you know, your characters start out in certain Vonsers with certain weapons. But then if you swap the weapons out, you see how much better some of their skills are with different weapons. Like your buddy starts out with a machine gun and you start out with a shotgun. But I feel like your skills you get are better with the machine gun. His are better with the shotgun. This guy who's got a rifle can also learn really awesome melee skills. All kinds of awesome stuff. I Like I said, if this came out again, I would dig into this and play it all the time. Because they would, they would put in so many other little tweaks and twerks and things you could learn and things you can unlock. And ways to overclock your Vonzers. So in the heat of battle, now you can do this. The possibilities are endless. You could have specific pilot skills, get out, and then you'd have skills on the ground instead of plink, plink, and hope to knock them out. You could have like a grapple attack to climb over or, you know, sabotage the Vonja's feet, wrap them up or something. Oh, it'd be phenomenal if they could just redo my favorite game from the PlayStation 1 era. Just seeing the Vonja's in, in fantastic new graphics and the sense of scale, because you are playing giant robots, but... It's all that top-down perspective strategy RPG uh-huh. look. So yes, you're in big factories, you're in a big city, but the scale's not really there. If you did that in fantastic, awesome graphics now, oh, it would be phenomenal. It would be gorgeous. Just beautiful. Mm-hmm. And imagine the money that could come from the toys, you know, and then, mm-hmm. of course, the uh, the builder, the little build bots you know, like the Evangelion. Oh, yeah. Just that alone would get money, you know. Kids these days, they love that type of stuff. Everyone's into that. I'd, you know, front mission, I'd love to have a cool mech sitting right here on my desk, mm-hmm. you know? Who wouldn't? And if it was if it was from, like, front mission or, you know, freaking some other cool video game, I, I'm just, this title's going away, oh, my God, it doesn't matter. Titanfall, something cool like that? Titanfall, yes, there you go. That'd be freaking sweet. I think they're stupid for not doing it, honestly. And front mission's not as, I don't think it's as rare as you think it is. I, I mean, in our circle, anyway, everybody's played front mission. We all loved it. Right, but... So it's like... But outside of that, I've never met anybody who's ever played it. So it's... God, that's weird. It's just wild. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's not cool. It's not fair, Matt. And I, I won't I won't talk about this one. I just want to mention it. All right. Where the hell... And I've said this before, but I'm bringing it up again because our show and I got it. Where the hell's Maniac Mansions, Uninvited, Shadowgates? Mm-hmm. Where are these games? Bring them back. Let's get them back in here. I loved the whole look, pick up, you know, the point and click, mm-hmm. like you said. Bring some of that stuff back, the mysteries, the the tr- looking at a room and going, what in the hell can I do in this room to get this to do this so I can grab that and go back to this other place where I found the cookie inside that jar, which I know has a little monster who comes out, da-da-da-da-da, so on and so on and so on. God, bring these games back. They're easy to make. Well, they're not easy to make because it requires a lot of thinking and strategy. But you know what I mean? Graphically and development-wise, it's not crazy. You're just building rooms and then putting pieces and puzzles inside the rooms to interact with to get you where you want to be. And it had a lot of just beautiful music, fun little gimmicks and silliness. Come on. Come on. I'll give you another one that's real quick, but it's super close to my heart. And it might be it might be second in my PlayStation 1 games of all time with Front Mission 3, or it might be in front of it, I don't know. Remaster Xeno Gears and give it to me. Another mech game. Imagine having that. Those mechs on your freaking tabletop. I mean, just just imagine the scale, because you do fight, you can fight mechs as walking around people, and the scale was there, but it could be even more intense. The mechs could look absolutely beautiful instead of the big blocky PS1 mechs. And one of the coolest things about Xeno Gears is one of the first games I ever played with the anime cutscenes. But then, you know, your characters were still pixely kind of sprites. Imagine those characters 
looking that sharp in some HD hand-drawn sprites looking like Guilty Gear or something while they're doing their fighting game type of moves in the combat. And then you're launching into these beautiful Ultra HD mechs doing fast fluid combat with that, improving the combat of the mech so it wasn't just a two-button combo. You could fight just the Uh same way you did on the ground. Oh, my God. Flying through the world on the Yggdrasil. I just blew my own mind. I got chills right now thinking about it. Just piling in the egg. Just off we go. Flying through a beautiful photorealistic world. That's over. That's it. That's the one game. That's That's it. it. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. If only they'd do it. God. And there's so many more. It's a never-ending story. It must suck to be a company that just hates free money. Just hates money. Right? Gosh. Just can't even possibly imagine making a ton of money on some of these awesome franchises that they left to die in the past. So what about you out there in podcast listener land? What's on your list? What would you love to see remastered or remade or just hell even just re-released? Who knows? Let us know via email thirdshiftme at gmail.com on the Twitter machine at thirdshiftme and find us on Facebook under Third Shift. Indeed. While you're over there checking us out, go over to the Patreon. Check us out over there. We treat it like a little old tip jar. You like what we're doing? Hey, one buck, two bucks, three bucks, five bucks. Any kind of bucks helps us out, keeps the lights on, keeps the bills paid. We love it. You love it. And, of course, as a perk if you're throwing big bucks our way. We got some extra little content over there for you, talking about random weird things all over the place. Hey, it's a good time. And we appreciate anything tossed our way. And if you can't, that's fine, too. You can support us by doing the five-star reviews. You can do... I think I threatened again sometime last week or the week before about that. I'm going to have to go re-listen to the episode because I don't remember what I threatened you guys with. I don't even remember. I need a five-star review. I Look, at my memory's going. Now I'm going to be... I'm fading away, folks. I'm turning into a five-star. Uh-huh. It's happening. You're making this happen to me. This is you. So, you know what, while you're looking at the Patreon, while you're over there checking us out, giving us mailbag questions, get that five-star review in so I don't fade away permanently. Thank you. And definitely listen to our very next episode, which will be dropping on August 26th. Or will it be early? Who knows? God only knows what our schedules are. We might do stuff whenever the hell we want. Nothing makes sense anymore. But you can still listen to that episode on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean, on Spotify, and on YouTube. And as I always say, hey... If you like what we're doing, you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a reading, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services, because it does help us out, and we really do appreciate it. Indeed we do. Give me that five-star review before I fade out of you. Ooh, yeah. And with that, there's nothing else to say but... Don't forget to say...